Well, good morning, friends. It's good to be together today. We're going to go ahead and get started this morning as people uh, start to trickle into the sanctuary, but um, I'm really just grateful to be here with you all today. My name is John, and I am uh, the lead pastor here at the church, and I'm just uh, looking forward to spending some time together. A couple of things that most of you probably know about, but we do have connect cards in our pews. If you've never been here before, or if you haven't been here in a while, or you have a prayer request, you can fill out one of those cards and put it in one of the boxes by the doors. Um, if you'd like to make a financial gift this morning to support what we do here at the church, you can do that in those boxes as well. I um, mean, we also have online giving. And then in the uh, cafe, we have a stream of our service um, on the TV in there. And so if you ever need to step out for any reason, um, just feeling like you need a break from the, the sanctuary, whatever it may be, uh, you're welcome to go in there and hang out if you need to. And then we're also streaming online as well on Facebook. I encourage you all to read through the announcement handout. Um, there's good stuff in there uh, to help you stay in touch with what's going on at our church. Um, but I'm going to turn it over to our worship team, and they're going to get us started with our music this morning. Good morning, everyone. My name's Laban. Glad we are together to worship the Lord this morning. I invite you to stand. Let's join in a call to worship. Prepare our hearts and minds for what the Lord has for us. Oh, Lord, let my soul rise up to meet you as the day rises to meet the sun. Glory to the Father the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen.
Y'all can remain standing uh, for the lighting of our uh, Advent candles for this morning. And so uh, Micah and Lydia are coming up to, to light those for us, and they'll lead us in a liturgy. And so I'm going to turn it over to them. In days when God's people longed for peace, Isaiah declared, Comfort, O comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem. And cry to hear that she has served her turn, that her penalties is paid, and that she has re- received from the Lord hands doubled for all her sins. We who gather today also seek comfort and peace, yet we are unsatisfied with ideas of peace that tell us to keep quiet and go with the flow. We long for real peace, true peace, just peace. We light these candles as a sign of God's shocking hope. another by sharing uh, something we're grateful for or sharing a lament that we have. And so what we do each week is we just turn to two or three people, four people around you, share your name, introduce yourself. And also, if you have something you're grateful for this morning, you can share that. If you have a lament or something that is not going so well or something that's uh, you're just feeling kind of heavy about this morning, then you can also share that with your group as well. But let's just turn to a few folks around you, and then I'll, I'll call you back together in just a few moments.
All right, everyone, take a few moments to wrap up your conversations. And I invite you to stand together. Let's worship the Lord in song.
I'm gonna praise Him, and I'm gonna praise Him, and I'm gonna praise Him and lift His holy. Sometimes we need to hear that. Then my deliverer is coming. My deliverer is standing by. My deliverer is coming. My deliverer is standing by. took his wife and a child and they went to Africa to escape the rage of a deadly king there along the banks of the Nile Jesus listened to the song that the captive children used to sing, and they were singing, "Mighty Liverer is coming, Mighty Liverer is standing Mighty Liverer is coming, Mighty Liverer is standing." again. Oh. 
Y'all can have a seat. What we're going to do now is we're going to dismiss our kids for their time of learning in the Wonder Room. And so if you're a child who's four years old all the way up through fifth grade, then you're invited to go to the Wonder Room with our leaders. And so um, let's give them a hand as they come up to the door over here. If you're a parent and your child has never been to the Wonder Room, if you're visiting this morning, then I ask that you walk with them. Uh, to their destination, make sure they have the right paperwork filled out, introduce yourself to their teachers. But let's also give our, uh, our volunteers a round of applause as well, who uh, consistently show up for our young people um, every single week. As they're uh, heading out, I'm going to invite, if anybody would like to come and kneel with me at the altar, we're going to have a time of prayer this morning, like we do each week. And so if anybody would like to, to kneel and pray in that way, you're welcome to come forward and do that. Uh, you're welcome to stay in your seats also. Um, after we're done, um, after I'm done praying for us, we'll close by saying the Lord's Prayer together, and you can direct your attention to the words on the screen when we get to that point. But let's just begin by taking a moment of quiet. We've had loud music this morning, lots of kids, lots of activity in the space, which is uh, joyful um, and awesome. But it's also good to, to pull back and take some time just to breathe and to be quiet and to settle ourselves and our spirits and in our bodies. So maybe you just want to breathe and focus on your breath. Get comfortable where you're sitting. Pray that God would help you to become more mindful of the spirit that is moving in us and through us in this space.
Lord, for some of us this morning, the quiet may feel like a gift, and for some, it may be a bit startling. God, as we slow down a bit, as we seek to hear you in the stillness, as we seek to, to think deep thoughts about you, as we seek to look at our lives and think about the ways that that we're walking on the right path, the ways that maybe we aren't. And God, we just need some help this morning. We ask that you would give us some peace in our bodies and our minds, that you would help us to settle in and settle down, and that you would help us to be open to what it is that you're wanting to speak to us today. We come here bringing lots with us like we do each week. We come bringing joys and gratitude and excitement and hope and anticipation of, of good things, but we also come bringing lots of hard stuff, just anxiety and depression and, and maybe lonely feelings, and maybe disconnection and conflict and strife and, and trauma and loss. We, we bring so much with us every time we come to this community, to come here in this space to worship you. And God, we truly want to, to lay ourselves at your feet and, and ask that you would move in us and work in us this morning. God, I know that, that some of us here are, are really struggling to hold on to faith. We're struggling to hold on to our belief in a good God who wants good things for us and for this world. There are people in our community who are walking through incredibly dark and difficult situations right now and are struggling to see you, are struggling to hear your voice, are struggling to know if you're there. Some, some of us have been walking those journeys for years now. We're still here, we're still seeking, we're still reaching for you, Lord, but sometimes it is hard to do. For those, Lord, that feel like their grip is loosening and their fingers are slipping and they may fall and or maybe they don't know if they might just walk away forever from this whole thing. Um, God, we just pray that you would be close to them this morning, that you would make your presence felt by them this morning, that you would reach out to them in a special way this morning and that they would see you, Lord, standing there with them and see you there as their friend who loves them deeply. Lord, as we anticipate Christmas and we Think about good, beautiful things like hope and peace and joy and love, Lord. We, we are so grateful for those gifts you bring us, Lord, but we also see the ways that there is so many seemingly hopeless situations. We see a lack of peace. We see um, places that are just not full of joy, and, and Lord, we certainly see a lack of love around us, and God, we just pray that you would help us to not lose heart, to stay strong, and to be able to continue to stand and to act in the midst of that tension between these promises that you, you, you offer us and that we believe are even available to us now to a degree, Lord, and also between the harsh reality that we see sometimes around us. Help us, Lord, to, to continue to hold on and to see your face in the midst of it all. 
Lord, this, this month we're reflecting on the, the light that illuminates the darkness, and we pray, Lord, that we could see some of that light today, and that we would leave here more encouraged, more hopeful, feeling more peace, and, and feeling more full of joy, and, and, and being committed to, to love, and also feeling the love that you have for us. Lord, we need you so much, and I just pray you would meet us now. And now we join together and pray this prayer that Jesus taught us, his disciples, to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. Well, we're uh, going to continue on in this series we've been in talking about illuminating the darkness. Um, I'll draw your attention to the artwork that's surrounding you in our sanctuary. This is our Advent art gallery that um, is supplied with art from people from our community. And so I encourage you to go around and check those out. They're all built around the theme of illuminating the darkness. Um, behind me, we also have some artwork by um, one of our artists in residence, uh, Emily Posey, and, and it is also around that theme of illuminating the darkness. That's what we're going to be talking about. Um, I introduced this theme last week, and so if you missed last week, you can go online um, and listen to it. We have podcasts. We also, on YouTube, Facebook, you can check it out there um, and get a little bit more of a picture of kind of what we're hoping to accomplish during Advent. I need to be transparent as I begin this message this morning. Talking about peace right now, in this world we're living in, seems a bit naive. When the angel and all the heavenly creatures appeared to the shepherds on the night of Jesus' birth, they sang these words, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. At Jesus' birth, the heavens were literally declaring peace on earth. While at that very moment, Mary and Joseph and all the other folks from Galilee and even in Bethlehem and Judea, all that area, they were not experiencing a whole lot of peace. Their lives were difficult. Living at that time was so precarious and their lives were often very short-lived. So for me, when I think about it, to proclaim peace in the midst of chaos and violence, it could seem a bit naive. The prophet Jeremiah wrote these words, they dress the wound of my people as though it were not serious. Peace, peace, they say, when there is no peace. Yet, the story of God tells us that Jesus, God in flesh, came bringing peace. Jesus is believed to be the prince of peace that Isaiah prophesied about. Yet the tension remains. The news of Jesus' coming brought proclamations of peace, yet violence and suffering remain. Do y'all feel that tension? Today in Bethlehem, the place where Jesus was born, Christmas celebrations have been canceled. No joke. In the place where Jesus was born, the place where they would probably celebrate the birth more than anyone. All the celebrations have been canceled. 
Palestinian Christians in Bethlehem decided that they couldn't celebrate Christmas with lights and carols and trees when their Palestinian siblings in Gaza are under siege. The tension for them is almost unbearable. The birth of Christ brought peace, yet their people, even their children, are being destroyed. They ask, where is the peace? Munther Isaac, Palestinian pastor in Bethlehem, whom I've referenced before, um, set up a nativity at his church in Bethlehem in Palestine with the baby Jesus, not in your traditional nativity set, but among the rubble of war. I'll just leave that up there for a moment to reflect on that image. I continue to come back to Jesus' words towards the end of his earthly life as he approached Jerusalem in his final days. It says, as he approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it. And he said, if you, even you, had only known on this day what would bring you peace. But now, it is hidden from your eyes. Personally, I just I cannot talk about peace without also lamenting the profound lack of peace in our world today. Humanity, we, we have really missed the mark in understanding what brings peace. I want to show you an image that I've shown before here that couldn't articulate better what I'm trying to say. This missile is named the Peacekeeper. It's from years ago. This peacekeeping missile had the capacity to carry uh, multiple nuclear warheads, could travel thousands of miles, had the ability to strike a target with incredible accuracy and decimate entire cities. This missile could destroy any enemy in its path. And people actually believe that this missile had the ability to keep the peace or to bring peace, to help our world be a more peaceful place. This type of peace is not the peace that the Bible is talking about. This is a peace that seeks security through domination and control and power over others. If we destroy our enemies, then no one will be able to hurt us, and we can be at peace at home. This mentality was prevalent all the way back in Jesus' time. Growing up as a Jew in Palestine, Jesus' family was living under Roman occupation. The Roman Empire was in charge, and the Jewish people were a marginalized group living there in their land. Rome is known throughout history for bringing a unique type of peace in the world. If you remember from your history classes, um, this was called the Pax Romana, which means the peace of Rome. Rome's vision of peace has endured to this day. It is a peace that I believe is without justice and a peace that is far cry from the peace that we find in our holy scriptures. This so-called peace of Rome was achieved through military conquest and control of other people. So what happened is through military operations, Rome would go out and subdue surrounding nations. And what that would do is that would help them have more peace at home and tranquility in their homes at the center of the empire. Even in their own empire, some people had it really good, but they actually would oppress many people in the margins of the empire so the people in the powerful center of the empire could feel at peace and at rest. Destruction of enemies meant they could be free of threat and could rest easy. So those who were in the powerful center of Rome, many of them maybe felt peace 
And much of the reason is because the violence and the poverty and struggles were pushed to the outside, to the surrounding places. Their peace was achieved through control and oppression of people at the margins. In the center, people were happy. Life was good. But they didn't necessarily realize maybe even how bad it was out there in places like Jerusalem and Bethlehem and Galilee. You know, one, I think, really neat thing about the Bible is that it was written from the perspective of the people kind of on the underside, the oppressed people, not the people who were doing the oppressing. We have a record in our Bible of what the peace of Rome meant to a poor Jewish family from the town of Nazareth. So I'm going to read a story. This actually took place after the birth of Jesus, but it's very much related to this idea of peace. So we're going to look at Matthew chapter 2, verses 13 through 18. And I'm, I'm just going to warn you ahead of time. This is some of the most tragic stuff in the Bible right here. This is a really painful story um, when you read it. And so, but, we, but we've got to face it if we're going to really think about and imagine what peace in this world could look like. So it says when they had gone, talking about the Magi, when the Magi had left the Holy Family, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said, take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. The child is baby Jesus that we're talking about. So he got up and he took the child and his mother Mary during the night and they left for Egypt where he stayed until the death of Herod. And so was fulfilled what the Lord had said through the prophet, out of Egypt I will call my son. When Herod realized that he had been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious and he gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and its vicinity who were two years old and under, in accordance with the time he had learned from the Magi. Then what was said through the prophet Jeremiah was fulfilled. A voice is heard in Ramah, weeping in great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children and refusing to be comforted because they are no more. So King Herod learned from the Magi or he heard from the Magi about a king who was going to be born among the Jews. Now, one thing to know about Herod is Herod saw himself as the king of the Jews. And so you can imagine as he's hearing stirrings of a new king being born among the Jewish people, it caused him to feel kind of insecure and afraid. Y'all know this, but fear is a very powerful motivator, um, and, and it can cause us to do things that maybe we wouldn't want to do. When people are afraid, we often can make very terrible decisions. An insecure, fearful person with a whole lot of power is a very dangerous individual. King Herod was one of those people, and history will tell you, he was a very dangerous person. Herod was so disturbed by the news of a potential contender to his throne that he ordered a preemptive strike. He ordered to murder all the boys under two years old in Bethlehem. It's a tragic story in our scriptures. Shortly after the Magi had left the Holy Family, they had gone to visit. Um, they had brought the frankincense, gold, and myrrh, all that. That, that happened a little bit after uh, the actual birth. They left, and then Joseph went to bed one night, 
and he had a dream. In the darkness of sleep, a light came and illuminated his darkness. He had a vivid dream that likely shook him deep down to his core. Imagine if you received a dream like this. An angel told him to get up, to take his family, and to get out of Bethlehem as fast as they could because their son's life was in danger. Imagine for you, parents, if you received a dream like that, what are you going to do? You're going to get up and you're going to get out of Bethlehem. I have friends who understand what Joseph and Mary are feeling. I have friends who actually understand what it's like to have to make a quick decision to leave behind everything in order to survive. One of my friends, uh, Philip, who used to work at Common Good years ago, he tells his story about when he was forced to leave the Congo. He was literally at school one day. Soldiers came into his community, and the students ran, and they never were able to go back. So the Holy Family packed up what they could carry, and they headed south with their newborn baby. In verse 13, we read the words of the angel. Take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Now, I want to point this out. Other translations use the word flee, flee to Egypt. The Greek word there is a word called fuego, and it means to seek safety by flight. Now, the English word refugee comes from this Greek word fuego. The holy family fled their home country because they had legitimate fear that their lives were in danger. They were, in the strictest sense of the term, refugees. They were forced to immigrate, uproot their family, and move to another country in order to survive. I saw this image online a few years ago, and it's come to be, become kind of an icon in my life that I refer to occasionally. And, and I think this image of the Holy Family is powerful. This is supposed to be Mary and Joseph and Jesus reimagined for today's world. And it's probably more accurate than many of the other images that we find of the Holy Family looking at peace and serene. This image shows the Holy Family as immigrants seeking refuge in a new place. Jesus and his family were refugees seeking safety by flight. They lived in a world much like ours. Some people experienced peace while others did not. And this so-called peace was achieved through violence and destruction and control. Peace for some was often achieved at the expense of others. And I'm going to tell you, and we've talked about this many times, from my reading of the Bible, the Bible proclaims a much different kind of peace than that. That we have never really seen this kind of peace fully embraced or lived out in our world. The prophetic witness continued to relentlessly imagine something different. Another world. To imagine that another world was indeed possible. And this peace that they imagined was clearly articulated and captured in the word shalom. It's a Hebrew word that we've talked about many times over the years at our church. But shalom is a word that is translated peace in our Bibles, but it's a way bigger word than that. It means peace and justice and righteousness all in one word. It's really a word that means wholeness or completeness, everything working together for flourishing and health and wholeness. To have shalom means that you have a healthy and you have a whole society. And what that means is you have whole people. You have whole communities. Whole implying all. Shalom means that every single person has enough. That every single person is taken care of. 
and that no one is left in need. And this is the kind of peace that Jesus came proclaiming with his life and preaching as he became an adult. This is the kind of peace that Jesus is offering if only we would be willing to follow in his ways. When Jesus entered our world, the heavens opened declaring peace. Jesus brought a new way of being in this world that could actually, I still believe, can lead to flourishing in life for everybody. It's a peace that's shared by all. It's a peace that has room for every single person. Our world will try to continue to tell you that there's not enough for everybody. They will tell you that there's always going to be people who have awful lives of suffering just because that's the way it is. There's not enough to go around. I still believe that's a lie because God did not create a world of scarcity. God created a world of abundance. And, And I believe there's a famous quote that says there's enough for everybody's need but not enough for everybody's greed. And that's the kind of, like, thing we have to continue to push back against. You know, I've been thinking, uh, as I've read this story, about the saints in Egypt, these people that we don't know anything about, who were willing to welcome in baby Jesus and Mary and Joseph as they traveled to this new country and needed refuge and a place to stay. They probably had no idea who they were actually welcoming into their communities. But I'm sure God was pleased when they took in the refugee family from Bethlehem. Their act of compassion and care for the Holy Family brought some light into the midst of a really dark situation. You know, our world today is not a whole lot different from their world um, in some ways. Because our world still has people like Herod, powerful, insecure, fearful leaders who make decisions that impact the lives of others in profound ways. And like those unnamed saints in Egypt who welcomed the Holy Family, we too can share God's peace with others and we can play our part in working towards a world of shalom. You know, one thing I think Christians sometimes are good at is showing empathy and we need to do that. Empathy is this idea of feeling with other people. And, and I see a lot of this. We try to put ourselves in people's shoes. Many of us are trying to educate ourselves and understand other perspectives. We're trying to lean in and listen deeply and trying to understand. And this is important. But, but a lot of us stop there. I think what Jesus and the way of Christ is calling us is moving beyond empathy to compassion. And compassion is not just feeling with someone else. It's being willing to suffer with other people. And that's a whole other story. And that's a lot harder for us to do. Henry Nouwen says these words about compassion, and I just think they're beautiful. He says, let us not underestimate how hard it is to be compassionate. Compassion is hard because it requires the inner disposition to go with others to a place where they are weak and vulnerable and lonely and broken. But this is not our spontaneous response to suffering. What we desire most is to do away with suffering by fleeing from it or trying to find a quick cure for it. Compassion asks us to go where it hurts, to enter into the places of pain, and to share in brokenness, fear and confusion and anguish. Compassion challenges us to cry out with those in misery, to mourn with those who are lonely, to weep with those who are in tears. Compassion requires us to be weak with the weak, vulnerable with the vulnerable, powerless with the powerless. Compassion means full immersion into the condition of being human. Those who are not afraid can break through the paralyzing boundaries and witness the birth of a new fellowship, the fellowship of the broken.
He says a lot there. Uh, I encourage you to maybe go back and reflect on that. But the candle that we lit today represents peace. And as I think of peace every year, I think of this biblical idea of peace and shalom. And then I'm also thinking of like the profound way we continue to get it wrong. And let this candle hopefully be an inspiration to us, a challenge for us to continue to walk the road of compassion. Biblical peace is the idea that everybody is taken care of. And if we can show the compassion that Henry Nouwen's talking about, if we can suffer with others, if we can take that downward path of Jesus and walk with people and sit with them in the hard things that they're facing and say that I'm going to help bear this burden, then I believe we can begin to see more shalom. And perhaps our imaginations that we continue to try to hold on to about peace can begin to become more and more a reality. Peace illuminates our darkness. Jesus brought the light of peace, and then we can carry the light of peace in our world as we have the courage to stand up and show true compassion to others. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. We're going to share communion this morning. Communion is a beautiful thing that we share each week, uh, but it's also a heavy thing that we share. Because we come face to face with the, the sad and terrible reality that, that the one who came wanting to bring this peace and love and, and welcome and, and, and goodness for all people was ultimately rejected by the world. And the one claiming peace, we actually lashed out against as humanity. And we crucified him on a cross. If y'all would pray with me just for a moment. Jesus, we come to you this morning and, and we sit, Lord, in this difficult reality, this tension that we continue to live in in this world, Lord, as we become more and more aware of the hard things, it becomes, Lord, sometimes challenging to, to believe in a peace that passes all understanding. It becomes hard to hold on to that prophetic imagination that says a different world can exist. It becomes hard to continue to be loving people Sometimes love is just so risky and so hurtful and so difficult when we truly try to love. And so, God, we just ask that you would meet us here in this moment, this morning. This moment as we come and we try to think about the peace that you bring us. Yet many of us are struggling to feel that peace. And, and we know for a fact that many, many people are really struggling to have any notion of peace in their life right now. So God, we pray that you would meet us in that tension, that you would meet those who suffer in that tension, Lord. And that, Lord, you could be a light that comes and illuminates their darkness today. And Lord, we also pray that we would see that gift of peace that you can give us even in the midst of darkness and that we would also see that it's a calling on our lives to share that same peace with others through the way we love and show compassion the way we show empathy and try to understand others and enter in 
to their situation, but also as we try to actually walk that road of compassion and suffer alongside of them. Lord, we need you so much, and I pray this Advent, as we come face to face with the hard reality of what we're dealing with as a world, the darkness that continues to surround us, Lord, that we could continue to see some glimmers of light, particularly, Lord, as we see others and see ourselves showing that kind of compassion and love to others. Help us to continue, Lord, to hold on to the light and not to let go and allow that light to enter into others' lives by the way we love, the way we care, the way we listen, the way we hold space for others in their brokenness. Lord, we need you so much. And God, we're so grateful for those saints in Egypt who kept you safe, even just for a few months or however long it was that you lived there, Lord. And we pray we could honor their legacy by doing the same for those others who are seeking refuge and safety in this world today. Pour out your Holy Spirit, Lord, on this bread and juice that it would be for us the body and blood of Christ. Fill us up this morning in a fresh way. We pray we leave here changed because we've encountered you, the living God. We love you so much. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I'm going to invite those who are helping me to serve communion to come on up to the front. Y'all just give me a moment. Uh, we'll get it all prepared, and then I'll invite you up just in a minute. table is set and the meal is ready and uh, I'll invite you in just a moment. Uh, when you come forward, just form two lines down the center aisle. Come forth with your hands open to receive the bread. Your servo will rip off some bread for you and they'll actually dip it in the cup for you and hand it to you. We do have some hand sanitizer. I encourage you to use that. Um, I know there's sickness going around and whatnot, so if you'd rather just take communion on your own um, and not be in a line, that's totally cool. You can do that in the back of the room. We should have some prepackaged elements back there. And we also have some gluten-free options up here if you need that as well. Um, I'll be available to talk or to pray with you. I'll, I'll just tend to come over here to this side of the room. So come find me over there. Um, and you're invited to come whenever you feel led. And as we rise from our knees soul in the sky meets in peace and all those who receive every branch of this tree Come as 
the dark Just let there be life Life from above And every soul
Thank you all for being here this morning. Um, as you're able, let's all stand together for the closing. Before y'all leave, uh, I just want to let you know that if you ever want to talk about anything, sometimes Sundays it's really hard to connect or maybe you feel something stirring in you and you just want to process that with somebody and I don't get a chance to talk to you, um, let me know. I'd love to, to get together with you and meet with you. We have other leaders here at the church who would be happy to do that as well if you'd rather talk to somebody else. Um, but Doors open. It's one of my favorite things I do uh, is being able to talk with you all. So if you ever just want to chat, talk about what's going on in your life, need prayer, whatever it is, please um, let me know. So if y'all prepare your hearts to receive the benediction, may the love of God the Father, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all now and forever. Amen. Go in God's peace. We'll see you next time.